This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. Always do. We also hear from you and then drop the Treatment Clinic Vocal Text Line at 918-262-5072. If you have a question for our next guest, you are welcome to send it in. He is Brian Flam, the head, foot, head basketball coach. Pardon me, I almost gave you an extra job. Over at Metro Christian, where you've got enough on your hands right now going into the playoffs. And congratulations on a nice win over Spyro, as you guys will now play in a couple of days against Keys. Take me back to that game. It was a pretty easy win. I've got to feel good about it. Yeah, I do. Well, first off, appreciate you guys having me on, all you do for high school sports. Um, but, yeah, no, it was, you know, the, the, the schedule always comes out, and you never know what you're going to get, especially how 4A and under is, you know, they still match you with the girls. And uh, we, we were a little shocked that we were going to play Spyro. It's a really good team and had to go on the road to do it. And uh, started off a little slow, and then we picked it up in the second half. I think the third quarter we outscored them 22-2 to and kind of just, took over at that point and it was a good win a good win to get the playoffs going for sure and as you said it's at spyro and sometimes in those situations you worry you know how are you guys going to play and how you're going to travel and all those things but sometimes it actually takes a little pressure off in those situations your guys obviously played really well on the road what do you think keyed that and did you kind of feel it going in yeah we we've actually we felt like we've played on the road very well all season and kind of like you said sometimes with home games you know, you've got other duties you're doing, whether it's wet mopping the floor, setting up the video boards or everything, you know, at the home games. But just sometimes getting on a bus with, you know, 17 players and managers and just going and playing somewhere, it, it takes that pressure off as well. Um, and your kids can kind of just show up and play. And, and that's where we are now. We, we, we don't have any more home games. And uh, we're excited about the opportunity to go play. And we feel like we are a good road team. And um, just hope we can keep keep it going. Yep, I understand. Uh, Twelve and ten overall, four and five in district. But when you get when you get to this point, none of that really makes any difference. How do you, you know? I don't want to say convince, but sometimes when kids are about five hundred, they kind of feel like they're about five hundred, and you got to get them out of that. You've got to get them to believe when it comes to tournament time. Did you have to do anything special? Are these kids really good about that, or how'd you kind of make the magic happen? I guess. Well. <laughs> When you play the schedule we do, uh, it's really pretty easy. I mean, you know, most we have four teams in our conference alone that are ranked in the top 15 in 3A. Uh, and then you've got Rejoice, who, in my opinion, is a ranked team, but they're probably right outside of 20. So our schedule was brutal. Also playing in the Tournament of Champions and then, you know, non-conference games with McLean. Uh, we had a tough schedule, and of all of our losses, really the Owasso was the only one that got out of hand. All the other ones, we felt like we played pretty tight. So our kids, they know they're good. We have, you know, four players that played in the state finals last year. Um, they've got confidence. And, yeah, our record's not what it was last year. But uh, our schedule was really, really tough. And we feel like it has definitely prepared us for the stretch run that we're about to have. Yeah, and you know, I, I understand that that's the case. I just wondered if during the season you still had to remind them. Did they remind you? I mean, it's got to be easy for you. I mean, it can't be easy for you, too. I mean, you've got to be out front. And then at times you're in the back going, you know what, this, this is a really good group. We're just playing really hard hard teams. Was that ever a discussion during the season? Oh, for sure. Yeah, we've talked about it a lot. You know, you wish some of those games we played versus Kasha and, and victory that maybe we could have came out on top. Uh, we lost one in overtime. You know, Kasha hit a, a late three to beat us at our place. And, you know, yeah, it kind of weighs on your players a little bit because last year we, we won those games. Um haven't had the success in close games that we'd like this year, but uh, we just stay positive with our kids, tell them, you know, believe in yourselves. You guys have done this before and, and hope that the ball will bounce our way, you know, here in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. All you can do. Yeah, we're talking with uh, Brian Fram. He's the head basketball coach at Metro Christian. As I mentioned, they moved on after that win against Spyro. We'll ask about their game against Keys. I am Rick Corey along with Bryce Hulse. Yeah, that's where I was headed, Coach, is you face Keys for the regional, regional semifinals. What have you seen so far from their team and what to expect on Thursday? Keys really good. I mean, they're ranked number 13 in the state. Um, they've got a freshman. You know, we've seen play a few times. He's scored 40 points several times in a game. Uh, and they're surrounded by other really good players. They're, they're a dangerous, dangerous basketball team, um, especially when they're hitting shots from the outside. And, and we've got our hands full. Um, you know, they remind us a lot like a Lincoln Christian, um, just the way they play. But uh, they've got they've got size. They've got good guards. And, uh, you know, thankfully, we're not playing at their place. 
Um, but for sure that this game's got our attention and, uh, it's going to be a tough one for sure Thursday night. How do you know when you get to this time of the year? You got so many teams to look at, and you talked about you've already had a tough schedule. You got to have guys scouting ahead. You got to have assistants. You have to scout ahead. How do you approach it from a program programmatic standpoint? Because styles are going to change, teams are going to change, bodies are going to change. It's a lot of information. For sure, uh, you know it's one of those things you kind of just get in a rhythm. You know I've been doing this a head coach now for eleven, twelve years, been coaching for. 22 years um you you kind of you just learn how to how to prep um you know teaching you learn when you have your planning periods okay i'm going to sit down and i'm going to watch some film during this time and uh you know i've got great coaches connor dilly and, and roger roth really helped me with scouting a lot roger he travels all over with me we 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 went and traveled three times in five days drove an hour and a half to go watch games here at the end of the season of these teams that we thought we'd see in playoffs and uh you know, you sit in a car for an hour and a half with your one of your good buddies and, and mm-hmm. coaches and you, you talk strategy and yeah. and then you come back and watch film and you just kind of try to look for tendencies and things and, and then go from there. It, it's a lot of work. It's like prepping for a big test in college, you know. <laughs> uh, you cram it in real quick, and when you're done, you go on to the next one. <laughs> yeah, I understand. A couple of minutes here with Brian Flam, head basketball coach at Metro Christian. Who's playing particularly well for your group right now? Well, you know, we uh, we had a stretch where we played four and five games without our two best players, and we feel like that really helped some of our younger guys and guys that don't play as many minutes got to play more quality time, and that's really kind of propelled us. But really that stretch really helped our point guard, Henry Emerson. He, uh, he you know, he had to score more than he was used to playing without our top two scores, and he has really – he's playing kind of the best basketball I've seen him play uh, Troy Moses, our big kid inside, really played well during that time. Um, and then now we're gelling now that we have everybody back. You know, Wyatt Powell just hit the 1,000-point mark um, last week. He did it in under three years. And then we have another player, Jackson Sowards, who's really close to getting 1,000 points as well. So we feel like we're kind of more balanced right now going into playoffs, and uh, those guys for sure are playing really well. And then Eric Holmes, who we unfortunately played with, Without at Spyro, we had two players sick and didn't play at that game, but uh, his defense has really come on, um, and uh, we're glad to have him back this week for sure. You know, last thing we talked about, or you know, when Bryce asked you about playing Keys coming up, but then on that winter side, not only is it Keys, but you got Roland and Heavener over there right. as well. And uh, how much do you know? I mean, I'm sure you know about those two basketball teams, and you got to be thinking about them ahead of time, and you know, obviously looking for a win. Tell me about those two. No, you know, you never want to look ahead, but our area, I mean, it is it is loaded. You had Lincoln and Rejoice that played in the first-round district game, which we thought was crazy those two teams had to play first. Unfortunately, one of them had to lose, but uh, those are two good teams waiting. But, no, we, you know, looking ahead, if, if we find a way to beat Keys, you're, you're sitting there playing Roland, uh, number seven in the state. They've got, you know, the D1 baseball player who really is a good basketball player. He could probably play in college and basketball if he wanted to as well. They've got great size and experience. They were in the state tournament last year. Um, and then also in our area, unfortunately, we have Victory Christian, number mm-hmm. two in the state, you know, one of the top teams. And, you know, Coach Wakeley does a good job. So, I mean, it, it's a daunting task. You know, two teams are going to come out of our area, but there's a lot of good teams in this area to choose from. I would, I've always said, man, high school basketball to me is the absolute grind when it comes to playoffs. You've got to win so many games just to get where you want to be and to look around and go, hey, we're at least finally at the tournament itself. I don't know how you guys do it. I mean, it's, it seems like it's half your doggone season getting everything ready for this and then grinding your way through it. God bless you, man. I hope it goes as well as it can, and I appreciate your time. No, hey, I appreciate it. You know, one thing, you know, I know how many listeners out there uh, but high school basketball playoffs, it, 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 there's listeners out there that haven't, you know, went and watched high school playoff basketball games, especially in the state of Oklahoma. Go watch. It's incredible. This is an incredible time of year. You know, all of us coaches, there's great coaches all in the state, and this is what we all prepare for, and it's real tough, and, and you just hope your kids are ready and just go give everything you got, but it's an exciting time of year for sure. I tell you what, it's a really inexpensive ticket to have have a lot of entertainment. There's no question about it, and the kids oh, are deserving. Sure. Well, Brian, thanks very much, and, and good luck out there. Hey, yeah, appreciate all you guys do. God bless you guys, and thank you for having me on. You betcha. Brian Flam, he is the head basketball coach at Metro Christian. It's 8 o'clock on the Blitz 1170. I'm Rick Corey. That over there is Bryce Hulse as we continue here on the Blitz 1170. I've, I was just looking through some of their brackets. Holy... <laughs> 
I can't imagine number of games you have to win <clears throat> just to get there into the you know into the finals area. Oh, it's crazy. I, I mean, you played high school basketball, Bryce. You know what that's like. You get, you get toward, you know, coaches talk about, hey, we're almost into the playoffs, and you realize that there's another half season left. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy to think about, and it can flip on a dime so oh, quickly, yeah. too. I think yep. that's one thing that we don't think about enough. No, and he's right. It, you know, it's a cheap ticket, and, you know, you go out and watch the kids and have a good time, and, and it, there's a lot on the line, I can promise you that. Tato 2 on the Blitz 1170. All right, I, I mentioned as we started the show, as we're talking basketball, Rick Pitino is one of those guys that you either I say the name and you're going to go and have an opinion. Either oh, didn't he used to coach and be really big, or oh, what a slime ball because of what he's been through. And if you don't mm-hmm. know the story, then maybe you don't follow basketball quite as much or sports quite as much. But I'll let you Google that one on your own. But he's the head coach right now at St. John's, but he's not very happy. <laughs> the head coach right now at St. John's, and I don't know why this makes me laugh. It shouldn't because there are players involved and all that kind of thing. But after a recent loss, he was at the podium and just decided he'd just tell the absolute truth about his basketball team. Now, it, I don't think he's doing this personally, I mean, out of spite or anything. doesn't sound like that. Sounds like maybe a little kind of resignation about mm-hmm. it. But just give a listen to what Patino said after his team didn't play very well. We just lack toughness. We just don't move our feet on defense. Look, they, they shot 37 free throws. Throw out the stats. You see it every game, the amount of free throws they shoot and the amount of free throws we shoot. Look at what Naheem shot on the year. Look at what uh, Chris Ledlam shot on the year. I mean, you're a power forward. You play 29 minutes without a free throw. Uh, that means you're not offensive rebounding, not getting to the line. So it's, it's really the, all the toughness things of why we give up leads. We are so non-athletic that we can't guard anybody without fouling and really it's not about losing because even in winning winning when we watch the film i see unathletic plays i i see people that don't handle the ball that's just interested in taking quick shots so it's been disappointing year if you had to do it over again would you have attacked your first offseason differently had no choice we just could take who we could get who was available, we had no choice. Um, I don't think we were going to win the first year anyway because when you rush like that and you don't see the players and you just uh, – not not a whole lot we can do, but it's um, – I think I've enjoyed even, – even the Celtics when we lost, I've enjoyed every minute being a Boston Celtic coach. Didn't like the fact that we lost in that following year, but this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. Do you have any second thoughts of taking this job? No, not at all. It's not St. John's. It's my team. Look, I'm disappointed. I don't want to say the wrong things, but I'm really disappointed in my team. Well. (laughs) I wonder what the wrong things were. Now, imagine you're a St. John player. Now, to be honest, all right, so you go look at St. John's right now. They are 14 and 12. They're 6 and 9 in the league. They're only 2 and 6 away, but they're 10 and 4 at home. They have Mm -hmm. lost three in a row. But 14 and 12 overall. I mean, at least you're on the plus side of the ledger. Now, you're a St. John's player, and your head coach just comes out, yeah, yeah, we we just took who we could take. Yeah, we took who we could. We we had no choice. There were some guys. They were on the corner. They were singing doo-wop and playing a little pickup, and we decided to take them out from around the burning 55-gallon trash can on the corner, and we made them college basketball players. And now it's, you know, I'm just not having a good time. Imagine you're the AD Imagine you're the guy who hired him. Hey, I got to hire Rick Patino, And then he just, <laughs> well, I think you know where I'm going with that yeah. one. And imagine you're the president or anybody else, maybe one of the boosters, somebody who's a proud St. John's alum. And let's be honest, they have a, a really good history. Mm-hmm. Now, history doesn't do anything for you. <laughs> Everybody yeah. likes to talk about the glorious history of your program. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Your fan base might. And if you're, if you're a fan base of Oklahoma, sure you care about their past in college football. If you're a fan base of Oklahoma State, sure you care. But I got to tell you, everybody outside that, they don't care. Yeah. Doesn't matter to them. I, and, I think it's gone like three steps behind now because it used to be from uh, 
history didn't matter because now it's facilities and now it's like yeah facilities are okay but now you just need nil money and everything like that so yeah. it's it's trailing further and further behind it's well funny. he did complain about the facilities too at st john mm-hmm. and honestly that's a place i've never been to do a game as a matter of fact of all the big east type teams i've been at creighton i've been at yukon been i've seen villanova's but i've not broadcast a game there yeah that's it those are the only two arenas well, st john's is either playing at a high school gym or they're playing at msg <laughs> like there's no <laughs> in, right, between. Yeah, in between like that but imagine you're a player and i guess you could use that as motivation but he called them unathletic and just who we could get and that kind mm-hmm. of thing so moms and dads things like that it may look you know maybe that's just the way he i mean it's obviously the way he feels but that's mm-hmm. Patino, and he's going to get a little. He's well, going to get some attention for it. And he's had some skeletons fall out of the closet. Obviously, that we all we all we we all know about. I think but, they walked out. <laughs> Those are pretty big. But I, but I think it's funny how still it just kind of tells you his time, though, mm-hmm. in, in terms of coaching and just how blunt he can be. Uh, probably has been pretty frustrated about certain effort and fundamental issues. Well, he said that, yeah. You know, so it, it's just kind of funny to see that. Despite all the the troubles and stuff, it still he still finds a way to tell you exactly what kind of coach he is in terms of his era. I think at the end of the day, well, you know, he may have just done in his own time, mm. and maybe it is his. Rick, own it's time. not a St. John's issue. He said it's just that he hates his team. Nah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's exactly kind of so what it if sounds you're the, like. If you're the AD, if you're the president, don't worry about it. It's not an issue with you. It's just I hate my players. The least enjoyable I've ever had, including when we were losing in Boston. At least when you were losing in Boston, you were still at the Garden. Yeah. You were still the Celtics. You're the, head, you're the Celtics coach, yeah, baby. Celtics head coach, and now you're now you're losing. You're the St. John Red storm coach and you're near the bottom of the big east which by the way down there with you is georgetown mm-hmm. one in 13 mm-hmm. eight and 17 at least you had a winning record buddy mm-hmm. but he's not really happy about it i just thought that was pretty classy 808 on the blitz 1170 did you hear what happened to des bryant i gotta let you know the good fortune that happened to the former oklahoma state and dallas cowboys receiver and we'll do it on the other side of this break still to come too we're going to talk a little oklahoma state baseball with josh fields that happens at about 8 45 this morning right here on the blitz the blitz 1170 your new home for dan patrick from the oklahoma sports desk it's time for a two-minute drill on the blitz 1170 and streaming on the blitz 1170 app Last night, it was a big Monday in the Big 12 as second-ranked Houston beat sixth-ranked Iowa State. Iowa State had 15 turnovers in the game. Jamal Shedd led the Cougars with 26 points. Tonight in Big 12 basketball, it's UCF at West Virginia at 6 o'clock. Then at 8 o'clock, there's two games, TCU at 23rd-ranked Texas Tech and 11th-ranked Baylor at 25th-ranked BYU. And on the women's side in the Big 12, it's 23rd-ranked Oklahoma as they'll be on the road at Cincinnati trying to sustain their first place in the conference. Tip-off for that one is at 5 o'clock. That's the Wonder World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holtz on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. Many of you have today. Actually, well, actually several of you have. And that's our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line here in the Tulsa Oilers studio. He's Bryce Hulse. I'm Rick Corey. We're about a half hour away from Josh Fields, head baseball coach at Oklahoma State. Well, And I tell you. Holiday? Uh, what's that? Josh Holiday? I'm sorry, Josh Holiday. I said Josh Fields, didn't I? Sorry. Josh Fields did go on to play pretty good baseball. He so. did, and I just went back to my days watching Stillwater High School mm-hmm. when he was a quarterback, Man. and of course at Oklahoma State as well. Sorry, Josh Holiday. Yeah, got him. <laughs> I, I I guess I transmit to football, but thank you. Uh, we had a couple of texts here because we had a story earlier about uh, the the st- most streamed watched or most streamed TV shows last year or shows on TV, and they're all older shows for the most part. And so we got a couple of uh, people who had you know, jumped in there and gave us some other advice here today. And if you have others, you're welcome at 918-262-5072. So Des Bryant, former Oklahoma Stater, um, you know, he's familiar with those quarterbacks, right? And a guy who played also for the Dallas Cowboys, who is really active social media-wise and fun, kind of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. He's a fun follow. Yeah, occasionally you'll look at it and go, really, do you want to say that? But then <laughs> he's pretty open. I mean, why wouldn't he be? So he recently got himself a really nice payday. He, I've seen him talk about betting on sports, hmm. right? He bet a 13-leg college basketball parlay. 13 legs. You I mean, need a lot to go right. <laughs> yes. And he bet $767, which is, I, it had to be strategic, right? Mm-hmm. 
in these 13 lakes, teams like Santa Clara at San Diego, Wyoming at San Jose, Portland at Pepperdine, Nevada at UNLV, teams like that, right? And he hit it. $416,000. He had, I mean, can you imagine you have won 12 and now it comes down to Nevada UNLV and that one's got to go your way for you to win. And it was a comeback that, that it took. 69-66 Nevada late. <laughs> and he he posted video of them counting his money. <laughs> and he's just really silent until the end. He's just watching her and she is just she's running through the hundreds. And then at the end he says, "Now that is love." <laughs> and they slide 416k across the counter. Uh, for him to stack up and leave with. <laughs> so should we be worried that he is doing, you know, 13-game parlays on, on Mountain West and mm-hmm. WCC college basketball and just, just throwing his money, just saying what happens? I mean, it, I, of course, he has the ability to, right? I want to know how many times he's had, a, you know, a few hundred dollar bets that haven't gone his direction. Oh, and, yeah. and, of course, it's just like, oh, yeah, that puts a dent, you know, like... You, have cares, you ever right? have you ever even heard of a better who didn't lose? No. Yeah. He said I should have hit a million and something if it wasn't for Washington, so they failed him. He <laughs> said Nevada came through on my other ticket. He had Man. Grand he had California Baptist at Grand Canyon, <laughs> North Dakota at Oral Roberts oh, was one of his. Cal at Washington, Michigan State at Michigan. Thing is, to do that, I mean, you can't be out there guessing. He's got to know basketball on those yeah. smaller levels. <laughs> now I I know a couple of guys who gamble, if you will, for a living. One of them, I think, now is retired. Mm. Uh, both of them, formerly athletes around here. One okay. retired, one is still pretty active. And they get really, really good at it. I don't know how, because that's not my thing. Mm. Uh, I am not. I would never be good at it, I don't think. <laughs> There's too many little thing demons running around you, in my you, head you for me. You just bring the luck against whatever team you oh, pick. Oh, yeah, just right, find yeah, a right, way. right. I'd be like my wife, who believes that the instant she turns on a, a, a game, her team starts to lose. Oh yeah. So she is absolutely. Con- Are you convinced of that too? Oh yeah. I I can't get it out of my brain. You can bring all the logical <laughs> reasons, and still, it's like if I flip the game on and then immediate five zero run or something, it's like, well, got to turn it away. So it's, it's the way okay. It How often when you do that, when you either follow the score and go back, did things change again? Uh, I don't think I don't think it happens very often. But when it does, then it's like this is when it starts back up, right? Again, it's just it's a it's a switch in the brain. It's a sickness that you just can't get rid of. Now, it's do you just, feel the same way when you actually go and you know sit in a seat? No, no, I don't. So if you That's if different. you arrive exactly, as, there as is a fan. no rhyme or reason for <laughs> for when to have this feeling. Again, I can go to games and be just fine. I can tune back into a game and they'll keep doing well. But the second it flips, it's like, yep, this is how it normally goes. Get out of it. So it, they only know when you're watching at home or listen. Does it happen when you listen yes. on a radio? Uh, no, no, I never, I never thought it happened. Then I think it's mainly with, I think it's mainly with visuals with, with TV. Rick, yeah, my wife's exactly our, the our same sports way. people. We're just, we're a sick breed what, sometimes. I, she's my wife's the same way, the <laughs> yeah. exact same way. I can't watch her; they'll lose. Mm-hmm. And then my mother-in-law has said the same thing. Well, you know, because I've told you before, she watches Arkansas, A and M, Tulsa, and Florida. Because she has family involved in all those things, and she's very much a dedicated family woman. So she watches those things, but she swears as soon as she turns to one, the other starts to lose. She turns to another, and she will text Christine during the – I can't I can't watch the Hogs. They just, they're terrible. And then I – and it, they are. I mean, so that's not really her thing. But you're looking at someone who believes the exact same thing you do mm-hmm. as my wife does. I have to know. 918-262-5072. Do you have that same feeling out there? Do you believe that the instant you start either watching your team, and I'm assuming in this case because Bryce says it doesn't happen on the radio or when he's there. So when you start mm-hmm. watching your team, do they lose, and do you have a phobia about that? And I wonder, yeah. too, because I think for Christine it really happens more in basketball than football, but I think it happens mm-hmm. in football, too. So is it, is it sports-specific for you, Bryce? Yeah, I, I would say it probably happens a little more in basketball. I think just because of how quickly things can change. Again, when you talk about those quick runs that can happen. So I'll, I'll just give you an example. I think it's sp- very specifically, it happens mostly whenever I tune in, I'm away from the game, and I tune in on my phone, and I have the opportunity, let's say the team's up by 10 or something. Mm-hmm. I have the opportunity to flip it up on my phone real quick and w- actually watch it. I'm not going to do that. 
That's what that's usually when it happens when I have it in my brain that goes, no, I cannot do this right now is when I have the opportunity to watch them when they're up by double digits or something like that. All right. So is Bryce the only one? My wife is just those two. Or are you the same way out there? 918-262-5072. Are you pretty convinced that when you're watching your team, even in person, you can tell me by text, that's our neuropathy treatment clinic of Oklahoma text line. Does your team start to lose? <laughs> it's, it's like when the Monstars took all the powers away from Charles Barkley and those guys in the Space Jam. Like, the second I tune in, they're just going to, like, lose all their power and just start kind of wandering around the court. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I have felt <clears> – <throat> I get frustrated when I watch certain teams. You know, I, again, I can watch teams I'm involved with, and I can be more logical and break it down. But when I watch teams I'm just fans of – then I become a fan too, and I can get really frustrated. And I so I try. I mean, I can't. It's hard for me to watch a And M basketball. They have a potential yeah. to be. They have mm-hmm. that little p word potential to be a pretty good team. And they've beaten some some big names, and then they've gone and just laid big eggs. Lost to Vanderbilt. Yeah, I know. <laughs> How do you do that? Oh, for God's sake, you and I can play Vanderbilt. <laughs> Vanderbilt's that team that's just at the bottom, cashing those checks. Right? Yes. They're just like, hey, welcome. Hey, to the club. And they were the same, you know, in football all those years. Where I, I mean, I just couldn't watch. I got too frustrated. You know what they should and could be, and then they weren't that. And so I just, so I, I, I struggle, and I, I have the same struggle watching Duke. And I did at the end of Coach K's career because I thought he kind of lost some of that fire and edge. And I'm having to have the same one now with Shire's team. And yeah. I really thought when John Shire got that job, he'd be pretty good. Yeah, I don't have the same feeling when I'm around our state teams because I'm closer to them and I can be a little more objective in breaking that down for whatever reason. It's not as emotional. It's more business, if you will. But when it's emotion for me, it's hard. Now, I, I've never believed that as soon as I watch, they start losing. I always just believe they start losing because you just aren't very damn good. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't bring logic into this, Rick. Again, well, we as, caused this. <laughs> as of right now, no one else has jumped in there saying they feel the same as you. So apparently it's only you and my wife and my mother-in-law who believe you are cursing your teams by just watching. Good, good enough for me. <laughs> if you're one of them, though, you can jump in. We did get a text here from Scott who said he's finishing up because we're back to the TV shows. You never know what's going to get people's yeah. attention. Uh, he said, finishing up streaming Alias on Freebie. And I've heard of Alias. I, I, yeah, uh, Jennifer Gardner. Mm-hmm. I remember, yeah, I remember earlier in my childhood. I don't think my family watched that a lot, so I have... Like, very vivid memories of that show being on. All right. So, mm-hmm. apparently, and maybe it's because the other, I mean, the things that are newer you can just find. Mm-hmm. And streaming you can do on your own time. And so, it's a little more, I guess, easier, right? Yeah, it's yeah. simpler to do that, right? Uh, and then maybe that's why that is the case. Because Alias is is not, I mean, it's been off for a while too, right? Probably 20 years. Yeah, was, that's I what think. I thought. I mean, and I didn't, I never had actually seen much of it, but I just knew it had been off for a while. All right, so we're going to take a break early here because we have to, again, coming up to get to Josh Holiday when we talk a little OSU baseball. It's 824 on the Blitz 1170. He's Bryce Hall. I'm Rick Corey, and we do have Josh Holiday, the head coach of baseball in Oklahoma State, coming up. If you have a question for him, text it now. The Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line is 918-262-5072. Don't look now, but the Blitz is on TikTok. Follow along at the Blitz 1170. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Tonight in Big 12 basketball, it's UCF at West Virginia at 6 o'clock. Then at 8 o'clock, it's two games, TCU at 23rd-ranked Texas Tech and 11th-ranked Baylor at 25th-ranked BYU. And on the women's side, it's the Oklahoma Sooners. They'll be on the road at Cincinnati tonight as they try and sustain first place in the Big 12. Tip-off is at 5 o'clock. And William Byron snapped the Hendrick Motorsports nine-race Daytona 500 losing streak with a huge win on Monday after the race had a rain delay on Sunday. The last Hendrick driver to win the Daytona was Dale Earnhardt Jr. in 2014. That's the Winter World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holst on Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Blitz 1170 weather provided by Community Care, your locally owned health plan. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. We do, we do. We're in the Tulsa Weathers Hockey Studio reminding you when the Weathers are home on a Sunday, you can do what we call Sunday Funday. You can skate on the ice with the players. You can take your skates or rent them. You just jump right out there on the ice. Well, I think you have to wait for them to tell you, but... (laughs) 
<laughs> you're not storming the ice, yeah. right? But you get a chance to get out there as the Oilers are making a playoff push. It's the Oilers and the Blitz 1170. Day 30 on the Blitz 1170. Coming up, Josh Holliday, the Oklahoma State head baseball coach. In the other room is Bryce Sulce. I'm Rick Corey. We had a text here for a neuropathy treatment clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072 from Roger. It says, Rick, you should be able to know exactly when I tune into your broadcast of TU football games because something bad's about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently it's not just you. You can feel that sixth sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, again, I just know that my, you know, my wife uh, has that feeling, and uh, my mother-in-law has that feeling, and I know at, at times I've probably had it myself, and uh, Roger apparently has the same one. But you know what? Honestly, in the last few years of Tulsa football, yeah, there have been some up moments, but there's been a whole lot of, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. And I do think I saw some glimpses last year. I love the recruiting class Kevin Wilson's put together. Sure, uh, I like what they're doing behind the scenes. So hopefully, things will improve this year in an American Athletic Conference that welcomes new teams, which will be interesting. All right, <clears throat> so it's not just you. <laughs> makes it, not it makes alone. So we had this story about. Uh, Ollie Gordon, I actually played you some Ollie Gordon yesterday when he collected his Doak Walker, and Emmett Smith was with him and gave him some great advice. But then he was doing some interviews down there, and he just told somebody that once he won, especially won the award, he said his phone just blew up with transfer portal interest. Now, you're not supposed to be able to call, text, or in any way communicate with a player who hasn't entered the portal asking them to do so or making offers so that they would. And he very matter-of-factly, I mean, he didn't mention it as though he was trying to make a point. He mentioned it as though somebody asked, and oh, by the way, and just basically said, hey, I just overlooked it and didn't pay any attention. So there's a there's a story about him at 24-7, and it says Oklahoma State has an actual unicorn <laughs> playing for him this year. Right. Someone who would get those calls or those texts or whatever and just didn't care. It's, pr- it's pretty incredible. Uh I think in this day and age that you always have to hold your breath, right? And and look at a guy like Ollie Gordon, who is you know the the face of his program right now, as such an anomaly, as as you said, a, a unicorn in this day and age. Uh, I I want to get mad about it because it's just funny to me how we just talk about it so matter of factly, mm-hmm. and just that it's no big deal. You know, we're just addressing that elephant in the room with him getting contacted despite not being in the portal. Because I think but, we know it all. We all know it happens. Right. But we all believe it happens to others, and we hope it doesn't happen to our guys and girls until yeah. you hear these stories. Mm-hmm. And and everybody's going through it to some, to some degree. I, I was reading an article the other day um, just when this story came about. I was looking more into it, and I was looking more into it on the college basketball side because it was a more recent article. And <laughs> there was even a quote from John Shire for Duke saying, that, you know, he, he said, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but he said, if you see a guy enter the portal and then three hours later commit to, to a team and you think that all of it happened within that, then God help you <laughs> because <laughs> that's just simply not the case. I mean, even the Duke basketballs of the world uh, are, 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 are having to deal with it. And so that's the thing is, you know, you want to get angry about it. We don't know when it comes to OSU uh, and again, I'm not accusing here, but when it comes to OSU and having smaller school uh, transfers in, we don't know what the situation is there. I think it could be a situation where everybody is finding a way around it to some degree. So if you look at one situation of Ollie Gordon being tampered with and mm-hmm. say, we need to uncover this, you may have your own skeletons. There are schools that may have their own skeletons by getting guys from other big schools. I mean, it all is really intertwined, I think, more than we think. It's not just a simple, these big dogs are doing it to everybody and everybody else is just, you know, laying away, abiding by the rules. I think it's so interconnected that that's what makes it the biggest issue is because it's happening at every turn at every level. I saw one coach who said, if your players are not being contacted, you're not doing something right. Mm. And oh, yeah. him <laughs> just saying, mm-hmm. if you're really good... Or if you've got, or if you made that, you know, if you got, and let's just throw out a name, Cade Cunningham, although he went, of course, he was a one and done her to the NBA. But if you had a guy like that who did stay, like Ollie, yeah. then what's going to happen? You know he's going to get contacted. You just don't know by who. And coaches love to use the old, you know, plausible deniability. 
separate yourself. So there are layers between you and how this happens, which is how a lot of head coaches who were involved in the shenanigans were never blamed. It's everybody below them. And I'm I'm not pointing fingers at anybody specifically, but we know those things happen. Yeah. So you level you layer yourself. I mean, Harbaugh in Michigan. I mean, do you really think he knew about Connor Stallions? How could he not know about mm-hmm. Connor Stallions, but you can't prove it? Mm-hmm. Because there are layers between the two. And that's what coaches do. Maybe not all. Maybe not all. But that's what happens. And, you know, yeah. again, I mean, I I worked with an AD who said, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. <laughs> and, and he was kind of kidding. <clears throat> but I think everybody knows he wasn't completely. Right. And I think that's the case out there now. It's just when you get a guy like Ollie and you knew at the end of the year, I mean, you already saw the Twitter start to blow up between OU fans saying, Ollie's going to leave. He's going to go somewhere else. And the OSU fans, no, he's not. He's going to stay here. And Mike Gundy has created something. And Ollie seems to be the kind of guy who wants to stay. And by the way, I think having guys like Brennan Presley around him have been a massive part of that. Oh, for sure. Brennan is such a down to earth, level-headed kid who, by the way, just made a list of the top returning receivers in college football, mm-hmm. which I was really happy to see. Now you can have a thousand lists out there, but this one, uh, if you look, this one comes from um, Max Chadwick College Football. He he has his list of the top returning receivers in 2024, and he's got Luther Burden at number one, and I can't disagree with that. He has McMillan from Arizona at two, who's coming into the Big 12. He has Igbuka from Ohio State. Oh, yeah, he's really good. Tez Johnson from Oregon at four. Uh, Xavier Restrepo from Miami at five. Trey Harris at Ole Miss at six. You got um, Ina Moore or whatever that kid is from Stanford who was really good last year in the one big upset, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, against Colorado. Uh, Yeah, and then he's got Brennan at number eight, Brennan Presley, Evan Stewart from Oregon, and then Ricky White from UNLV. So Brennan comes in there at number eight, according to – and this is pro football focus, actually – but the, the tweet came from the account, another account, but it's pro football focus. And look, I use them for a lot of stuff. Uh, they are, man, they, you talk about breaking down numbers. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think having a guy like Brennan, who is as level-headed as he is, who does like the culture there, who appreciates, you know, you were stood there with me when we were talking with him, mm-hmm. and, the, and the, you know, he was talking about, you know, you don't want Coach Gundy to come down from the tower. <laughs> when he comes he's down. like, oh, who's he coming down he's, for? Yeah, right. He comes down, so when's he going to yell at? You ever been you? No, never been me. <laughs> you got a worker there. You got a guy with a great family and a great family background. You got a guy who wants to be there, and he pals around some with Ollie, and then Ollie kind of buys in, and you see him, you know, like he did. At the, and if you haven't heard it, Ollie was at Big 12, he was at Bedlam Wrestling, right? And they handed him the mic because, hey, it's Ollie Gordon, and here's what he said. (laughs) So if you couldn't really hear that, he said there's only one Oklahoma, and it ends with state. And the place just erupted because they obviously are in love with Ollie Gordon as well. So here's my question. Now, okay, Ollie said he ignored it, and Ollie's still at Oklahoma State. Now, because he has said it, does the NCAA, does the school, who asks for his cell phone? Who asks him who that was? Who asks them? And are there at that point because he just said it. He just, mm-hmm. the player told you. Yeah. So now if you're somebody who's supposed to be in charge of any kind of keeping this in line, are you responsible for asking him for those phone records or to asking him to tell you? And will he, even if they do? You know, I've seen even situations with Zay Flowers, who was who's with the Ravens now, was a first-round pick. He spent his years at Boston College, and his coach was very open about the million-dollar deals that he was being offered. Mm-hmm. So we've seen stuff like this, even if it wasn't necessarily the player th- themselves. We've seen this be brought up, you know, that this is actually happening. So I'm not sure if this means that for sure uh, somebody from OSU is going to try to look into it. I can't imagine the NCAA wanting to come to Oklahoma State's aid uh, like, and say, oh, we need to see those phone records and see what's happening right here. You'd probably have to go knock on the NCAA's door for that. Uh, <laughs> but I think that... If you can find them. Yeah, yeah, honestly. <laughs> so maybe I could see a situation with probably OSU's officials wanting to look more into it now that he's brought it up. Um, again, I can't imagine uh, too many OSU people not knowing about this already. I feel like it could have happened, you know, 
by now. The way he was matter-of-fact about it, though, mm-hmm. made it seem like it, he just blew it off and it, as it wasn't a big deal. And I don't know. I mean, yeah. I wasn't there for the conversation. I just saw the report like everybody else and went, yeah. But I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you think Dylan Gabriel's phone wasn't blowing up when he was at sure. Oklahoma, too? I mean, come on. Th- these guys are getting in. I don't care who you are. No matter where you are, somebody is probably going to do that. And many times it might just be somebody in another program who really isn't tasked with trying to do that. However, I don't know. Do you go ask the kid? And there, I mean, there's yeah. privacy here too. He doesn't have to give you his cell phone, right? I, I don't. I don't think it's. Again, I, I could see a situation where OSU would try to do something, maybe. But it kind of goes to my point earlier that I think at the end of the day, it's it's a little bit more intertwined than we think about all schools having bending the rules in some way or another, even if it's not straight up like that and tampering with a really good player outside of the transfer portal. I think there's been so many examples of teams bending the rules that I think everybody's kind of holding back in a ways. Certainly my team isn't bending the rules, right? But no, your no, no. team is. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Our our team our teams are angels and everybody else. They're <laughs> devils. Yeah. So uh, if, it only, works. if only so the convenient. angels could play the New Jersey Devils, but that's different. <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk a local state baseball when we come back with the man in the head of that program, Josh Holiday, OSU Baseball. If you have a question for him, you can text it at 918-262-5072. We'll do it next here on The Blitz. You can take The Blitz with you everywhere you go. Get in the game everywhere with The Blitz 1170 app. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Last night in college softball, Carly Godwin hit a three-run homer and Lexi Kilfoyle threw a complete game shutout to help the sixth-ranked OSU Cowgirls beat the 16th-ranked Florida Gators 3-0. The Cowgirls will be at Stetson on Wednesday. The 23rd-ranked Oklahoma Sooners women's basketball team will be on the road at Cincinnati tonight as they try and sustain first place in the Big 12. Tip-off is at 5 o'clock. And William Byron snapped the Hendrick Motorsports 9-race Daytona 500 losing streak with a huge win on Monday after the race had a rain delay on Sunday. The last Hendrick driver to win the Daytona was Dale Earnhardt Jr. in 2014. That's the window world of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Boots 1170 and streaming on the Boots 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. That's our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. If you have a question for the head baseball coach at Oklahoma State, Josh Holiday, you can hit it right now because he's on our guest hotline. Josh, good morning. Welcome in after a three-game start to the season. How are you feeling right now? Good, good. Yeah, thanks for having me on. We uh, got back late Sunday night and we'll practice today and head back down this evening for uh, another week-long trip to Texas and hopefully some good baseball. Uh, you guys have to feel like you just need to get apartments down there, don't you? Well, you know, in, over the years, we, we've tried to play some week one or week two games here at home, and uh, Mother Nature sometimes is a little hard to predict, <laughs> and uh, Texas being usually a little warmer and uh, – pretty drivable mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of good teams down there uh, obviously this week we'll be in the dome we're guaranteed some good climate some good competition and good baseball which this time of year is important to uh to get your game started and be- begin the process of building the team and, and especially in this day and age where everybody lives in where you're going to lose guys and you're going to bring guys in i mean you certainly have some knowns coming back you got some pitchers coming back but you've got a, a you know you've got some new faces in there as well how would you describe this group so far yeah it's about half and half i mean uh, if you returned roughly 20 guys and, and brought in 20 new ones and uh that seems big in terms of number um, rosters used to be 35 man teams. Now they're at 40. And, uh, so yeah, 20 newcomers is, uh, is a lot. That's a lot of uh, important faces to get familiar with and welcome, but we do have some good returning players and, uh, guys that have played at the highest level of college baseball and done so successfully. So I think the meshing of, of new talent, the returning and maturing of, uh, previously established players and just how that all goes on together. That's why the, the term team was formed. Um, you know, you like the individual pieces for sure. It's just how they fit and how they complement each other and what roles they all fall into. 
I'd say after three games, we know more now about our roles than we did going into that. <clears throat> and I'm sure after this five-game stretch, we'll take another step in that direction of uh, understanding what guys are comfortable doing and uh, them understanding how we intend to use them uh, in critical parts of the game. Both of those, I mean, those are so important statements because you you practice with guys and you think you know and you've seen film, but as you said, you get this early part of the year, you got a thought in mind, and then you see what happens out there on the field. Is that first 10 games maybe your most important when it comes to kind of gathering that, that wealth of information about these guys in that situation? Well, what's really important, um, you know, is to go into it with a good solid plan of who you think, you know, talent-wise – gives you the best chance, either starting pitchers, relief pitchers, uh, starting positional players, positional players, hitting in certain spots in the order, because uh, you got to have a pretty good idea because you don't get a ton of time to figure this out. But as you head into it, you know, based on your, your fall work and your preseason work, you have a good idea of what you think guys' potential uh, is. <clears throat> From there, you want to play these games – at a very high level because, uh, you know, essentially you, your resume building from day one in college baseball. But at the same time, um, if not given chances, you don't know what guys can do. And uh, I think for, for us, uh, we got a really good start from Brian Holiday, a really good start from Jansen Kiesel, and a really solid start from Sam Garcia. That was three real bright spots for us this weekend. Um, we got some solid relief pitching at times from certain guys. That was a real bright spot. Uh, don't know that we caught quite as clean as we would have liked. Uh, Got to get better there. And obviously day one and day two uh, didn't do things on offense at key, at key times. Uh, so we got immediate feedback. When you go on the road and play good teams, um, they're going to test you. We got tested. And now we know a little bit more where we need to, uh, to work today uh, as we get ready for the week ahead. Josh Holiday with us. He's the head baseball coach at Oklahoma State. Again, if you have a question, you can text it to 918-262-5072. You threw out a few names there. Going into this series this weekend or going into those five games down there this weekend, there's somebody else you're trying to really look at and test. And how much do you go down there, Josh, kind of thinking, all right, these are the guys I want right here for right now, and how much are you still thinking to yourself right now? Let's see. Well, you know, uh, the guy that we didn't get to the mound, that uh, we hope to get to the mound tomorrow over the weekend is Gabe Davis. He factors into the, the starting rotation mix and or top guy out of the bullpen. He's a, he's a big arm talent and a guy we've got uh, a ton, uh, a ton of confidence in. So he's a big part of, of what we're going to look like. Um, and there are others, you know, I don't want to leave anybody out, but you know, I don't think uh, anyone that's, that's on the list right now, guys that we want to get out there, they're going to get their opportunity in this five-game span. When you play uh, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday against the types of teams we're going to play on the road, uh, opportunity will present itself. So we'll uh, we'll continue to fire guys in there. It'll be a great challenge for us. We'll be playing some of the best teams in college baseball in this span. And, uh, you know, there's a couple different ways you can do it. You can kind of protect yourself and sit at home or go places where you don't think you'll be challenged and build up a – a cushion and a padded record and then run the risk of exposure later uh, or you can throw yourself right in the middle of it figure out what you're ready for figure out where you're where you're vulnerable and go to work on correcting it and uh, this type of schedule for us is definitely giving us a chance to attack the game at a high level see where we're at and uh, really shows our players what it's going to take to win high level baseball games you know, having said that, some guys want to build a record and they want to quote unquote build confidence. You're going down against Abilene Christian and Michigan and Arkansas and Oregon State and you know Dallas Baptist. I mean, here's some really good baseball teams down there. So obviously, what you want is that tough competition. Do you ever have to kind of decide in your mind, depending on who's in your locker room, how you want to handle that? Whether you write you know some early wins for confidence or hey, let's just go find out. Well, I think there's an art to scheduling, and I've definitely been around some some great coaches prior to, to coming here as a head coach that had different theories. But I really think for us, the bottom line is this, you know, we want to play our games early in the season. You cannot run the risk of, of not having games played because of weather. You want to keep your players healthy. So you want to go places where guys, pitchers especially, can begin the process of developing their arsenal and getting their pitch counts established. And I don't know that there's really any room anymore 
to ever dodge taking on great competition. Yeah. Uh, if you win, you benefit. If you don't, you learn and you just work and you get better. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, when I was raised here at Oklahoma State, we didn't back down from anybody. And I don't want uh, I don't want our schedule to be reflective of trying to, to dodge anything other than building a championship team. And I think this schedule gives us a chance to do that. 852 on the Blitz 1170. We were with Josh Holiday, Oklahoma State head baseball coach, Bryce Hulse. Coach, you mentioned Jansen Kiesel earlier as being one of the bright spots. He was able to pick up the win, pick up the win on Sunday. Uh, was able to get five shutout innings, struck out six, and that's his first win in an OSU uniform and tenth of career appearance. How do you feel about him and just describing his progression as he goes from year one to year two? It's been a good progression. Um, Jansen came in as a kid with a really good arm, and now he's starting to look like a guy that starting to hone his craft to be becoming a really good pitcher. And, and that involves locating the fastball, which is a good one. Uh, it involves uh, secondary pitches, slider changeup, which he's developed both quite nicely. Pitching with confidence, uh, pounding the strike zone, all things that he did on Sunday. So saw some really good uh, elements of growth when you, when you start just tracking what a guy did when he got here and where he's at now. He's, uh, he's evolving, and we're going to need him to continue that each and every weekend. Yeah, we had a question here by text from Scott asking about catchers. You had mentioned that, and he wants to know a little bit about how your catchers are looking, who you're going to depend on. Well, we've got, uh, we got a, a nice uh, group of catchers. <clears throat> Bo Sylvester caught the vast majority of the innings <clears throat> weekend one. Ian Doherty nursing uh, his way back from a little bit of early season arm trouble, so wanted to uh, bring him back along slowly, and we have a good freshman catcher in Charlie Carter that can help back there. Those three guys give us good defense, and uh, Bo had some solid at-bats, and, and Ian has been a guy that's played at, at times at a very high level here. So Sylvester, Doherty, Carter, those are the three, and uh, Bo did a nice job getting all three starts. You know, I know it's not until next year, and you don't want to look forward, but the Big 12 is changing, and we know that you know, you're bringing in some more teams next year. And it changed, obviously, bringing in the UCFs, the Houstons, people like that in the world. You think the conference in, in some of these teams coming in, you've got a couple of pretty good, uh, pretty good challenges in there. Have you looked at that, or do you even worry about it? No, I think, I think the net return on, on Big 12 baseball expansion is going to be actually very good. I, I think – having coached at Arizona State back in the day, when you bring University of Arizona and Arizona State into a baseball conference, uh, those are two of the most historic programs in the history of college baseball. Now, granted, uh, you're losing Oklahoma and Texas, uh, good baseball schools, and Texas is arguably one of the greatest when you mm-hmm. just look at the, histori- the, the history and the historical uh, value of national championships and World Series appearances. But University of Arizona, Arizona State, I would say are arguably two teams that fit in the top 10 in college baseball history. So you're bringing in two uh, wonderful baseball uh, locations, hotbeds, traditions. <clears throat> the other schools, I think, bring location and weather. Uh, UCF, Houston, uh, in great locations, great baseball areas, great weather, lots of players. I would expect their rosters to take a, a really nice jump forward. Uh, and I think with Utah, BYU, Cincinnati, you know, these are some schools that I don't know a ton about on the baseball front, but I think you'll also see uh, an elevated baseball status in the recruiting uh, because kids will want to play in the Big 12. So I think uh, it'll be a different look, but I still think you're going to see some uh, excellent baseball, and I think people probably just don't quite understand the Arizona-Arizona State value mm-hmm. uh, because it's very, very high. Yeah, well, Arizona, you know, they're bringing a hell of a basketball team with them as well. And, of course, both of them, and I kind of attach the P word to their football programs, although Arizona under Jed Fish was really good, although he's gone now. So, yeah, I think the conference has some jumps there as well. Well, Josh, it's always great. You've always been really open. We appreciate it. We're going to try to get with you about once a month. Uh, good luck down there. We hope the weather, as you said, you're in a dome, but I even hope the drive stays nice for you. We appreciate your visit. Okay, gentlemen, thank you. You betcha.